Joseph Varghese is the founder of successcircles.com. He's a peak performance coach and runs the New York City Power Team. The New York City Power Team holds monthly meetings in New York that have been described as TED Talks meet highly experiential learning and masterminding. I think of Joseph as a connector who helps form communities of forward-thinking achievers. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level, while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Joseph Fargis, it's good to see you, my friend. How are things? Uh, amazing. Amazing. It's a beautiful week, gorgeous spring day, and I'm grateful to be alive. Oh, my goodness. Grateful to have you here at the uh, Essential Coaching Skills Podcast. Um, I've known you for a long time, and uh, but for the people that don't know you, and I assume that's at least one or two people listening in today. Um, you have this really cool thing called the success circles, successcircles.com. You've also been pretty much single-handedly, as far as I can tell, running the New York City power team for quite some time. Although your partner in that is, is Frank Clark and a mutual friend of ours. And I've been part of that as well over the years, but um, gosh, you do so much for so many people. And I'm so pleased to have you here to sort of, help help you help us and um, spread the word about what you do and what you have to offer and, and find out more about that. So um, I don't know where exactly to start. There's just so much, but uh, let's start at the very beginning. I remember meeting you when you came to a, a training that I did. Yep. A slide of mouth training way back in two, 2002. 2002. Really? Yes. All right. So <laughs> Was that the beginning for you? Was that the, or was that the mid, where, where, where'd you start off in this, this field? That was, that was about the point. So prior to that, my last corporate job managing internet security, AIG, 2001, June, left that world pre 9-11. I lived by the trade centers in Jersey City. 9-11 hits. Uh, I watched a lot of TV, like have cable TV, big screen TV. Where focus goes, energy flows. I went down this downward spiral, like a hmm. lot of depression, sadness, like, woe is me. The world sucks. You know, look at all this happening. So many hours of TV per day. And I could see the trade center. I lived by, by, by it. I had friends who passed away there too, as well. Hmm. And, um, and eventually one day in Hoboken, I went to see my allergist. I actually went to my pharmacist to get my medication. Someone next to me gave me a, a, an ounce of hope. And this person told me that you've got this unique voice, your resonance, it's mind blowing. And it would be a shame to your creator, to our creator, if you didn't do anything about it. Hmm. So I explore that. And how I explore that is that I started searching online, found a program called, uh, I think it was, it was Morphe's one of his channels, download channels, Jonathan Altfield, there was just a voice kind of listened to it and it made sense. And he was like an opera singer. He was an NLP trainer. He did all these things. I know he's a friend of yours too, as well. Yes, He's actually been on this podcast previously. So awesome. Jonathan Altfeld's, yeah, very great. And, and I hope he listens to this because I've, since then I've, we, we've had him on the power team. He's become a good friend of mine since. So it was through the internet that I connected with him initially. So you downloaded his stuff? Through, through- I, I, I found out. Oh, so I, I 
in my former life, I was a internet security expert. So I built firewalls at AIG. So I was a technology expert. I was a process engineer, computer engineer, all that background. So I stopped hackers. That's kind of what I did at AIG. At the same time, when you're in that mode, you're in the computer, you just know how to download things, access things. <laughs> so, so I, uh, that summer. You pirated Jonathan stuff. Yeah, I, I, I pirated, I, I pirated his stuff. Exactly. <laughs> In 2001, oh, as, as, well, as, as well as well as a lot of other stuff that I didn't is this really feel need. Good? Is this true confessions? Is this feeling? <laughs> it, it, it is true confessions. It is true confessions. It is indeed. Yeah, and that was what I did back then. I mean, it's it just what I did spare time. That and watching TV, going down this downward spiral. On a news group, uh, a news group on hypnosis. Because I was studying hypnosis and Jonathan stuff and so forth. There, there was an event in New York City. And Jonathan was the main speaker that evening. It was like a Tuesday evening. This group called the Sleepwalkers Club. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And I, and I went, I attended it, met these people for real life. Like people actually meet studying this stuff. This is pretty cool. We're talking and they're my age and like, you know, and, and um, kind of dopey. We were all a little dopey. I was like a like technical engineer. I, was, I stuttered back then also. Like all these things were happening in, in my space. And I saw like a glimpse of like possibility. Like maybe you can break through this stuff. You know, you learn NLP and I don't I downloaded some Tony Robbins stuff and I learned the slingshot method and started seeing like all these shifts happening in my world. I attended one of your workshops too, 2002. Also sponsored by the sleepwalkers. If I also, also sponsored by them too, as well. Also. Yeah, exactly. And Marco's still a good friend of mine. We still engage, talk we, we share similar birthdays still a very good friend of mine after all these years um at one point one of my closest friends um yeah so that that's kind of where it all started and it's addictive once you get a a taste of growth work of possibility mm. once you see I, I saw myself as someone who stuttered who didn't really believe in himself who had um imposter syndrome for many years and then had a taste of breaking through that and once you have a taste of that, it's like, what else is next? Like, let me have the whole pie. Let me have the small smorgasbord. So I, I worked with you, uh, slide of mouth workshop. I did a bunch of other things over the years. Um, eventually came across in your power team as a group. And of course, you know, Ross Lagamina and Carson, sure. people, leader, people, leaders yeah. of that time. So yeah. it, it, it just became this like, upward spiral, I'd say, versus the downward spiral I was on. And instead of seeing myself atrophying, making stupid decisions over time, I just found myself compounding and there are breakdowns and there are victories and eventually life happens and family and here we are. Yes. And beautiful, successful wife and two children later. And here you are with this. Yeah, that's awesome. So you did a lot of Tony Robbins work as well, I'm assuming. I did. Yeah, I did. I know you, you were like a center manager way back in the day. With 20, way 20 back years. before I met you, back in the 80s and very early 90s, I was center manager for Tony's organization it, in New York City. It, it was actually through Marco. He uh, connected with another gentleman who had a hypnosis center in New York. This person had a, like, he had like a, like a second row ticket at a UPW in Secaucus. This is in 2003. And uh, so that was my first Tony Robbins event. And it was amazing. It was an amazing event being there in second 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 seat at that event. Wow. That's and amazing. Connect with the power team. I did 
some work on landmark education too. There's like a whole bunch of things that started shifting my perspective of life. And it's never been the same. Cool. And when, when would you say you got into being a coach? When did coaching start for you? So I, I had a taste of being kind of a dating coach for a little bit of time. Oh. Okay. And this is uh, probably around 2003, 2004. So I had a taste of that for a bit of time. So I, okay, it's something that I wanted to get good at. And uh, I got to help people in New York doing a little bit of that. So that was my first taste of anything as far as coaching goes. I didn't really know coaching existed in the way it did. Of course, meeting you and Jonathan and others mm-hmm. in that community as well. And it wasn't until maybe around 2005 when we started the success circles that I got a taste of what it means to be more of a coach and help people that then, way. Then let's go there. What is success circles? Tell people what that is. The Success Circle is an accountability advisory board community for entrepreneurs, it's where entrepreneurs help each other, and we have a whole peer coaching element component to it. It is accountability, integrates time management, it integrates gamification, the idea that every day is a game. Uh-huh. Every game has four quarters, so if Q1 is from 7 to 12. When we see life as being a game, when you see the day in front of you as being a game, it allows us to engage fun play toward winning this game, and... Tomorrow is a whole new game. So we release attachment from the previous, previous game. So it's a peer coaching community that embraces the idea that life, work, play is all a game. So and peer coaching means that you, you pair people up and they, they coach each other? Is that what yeah. that means? They have a one-on-one call each day for two weeks at a time. It's a huddle. Like Every sport, every game has a huddle. So at the start of their huddle, they basically reflect on the previous game, the previous day. With give one, sh- one person or with a group of people? One-on-one. Okay. One and one. And it takes a lot of work. So basically every two weeks we spend a lot of time, the whole day pairing people together. It's a lot of work and it's matching personalities, matching backgrounds, looking at where people are, who's ahead of what, what, that person. It's a peer coaching process, but we call it a huddle because every sporting event has a huddle. Right. So we invite members to have the huddle to start their day. At the end of their day, we invite them to journal. When I, Going back in time to 2002, what got me out of this downward spiral of watching TV, making stupid decisions, other than attending these workshops with you and Jonathan and so forth, mm-hmm. I started journaling. For Tony Robbins' CD Insight, he talks about personal power too. He talks about power questions. He talks about raising standards. I wasn't raising my standards. I was making very stupid decisions like on an ongoing basis, downloading crap off the internet watching way too much TV, uh, wasting time, going down a path where I'd be completely broke at some point because I have like 30,000 in my account. Hmm. That, would, that was diminishing. <laughs> and, and when I started journaling, started focusing on winning, things started shifting. And then when I added this other aspect of dialogue, having two people on a playing field, having a buddy call or a daily huddle where they now share these answers with one another, and give each other two, three minutes of laser feedback, things started elevating at a, high, at a higher level because now there's feedback. Now I'm pushed to now share these things. And now I'm rewiring my reticular system further. So it's not just about journaling these things. Where am I raising standards? Where am I contributing? Where am I growing? It is now sharing these answers with someone else, perhaps impacting them 
from kind of our, my process mastery, their process mastery, osmosis in this conversation, being really authentic, real with what we're dealing with. And over the course of two weeks, we're both elevating. So the idea is making 1% progress per day. And that's what Success Circles is, a peer coaching community that we started in 2005 after Tony was event called Day with Destiny. That was the starting point of the event, 2005, December. And when you say we started it, you and... So a bunch of us who attended that event, Day with Destiny. Hmm. We invested a lot for this event, five, 6,000. We knew our purpose. They looked at me, they're like, hey, you're, you're like an engineer guy. You, you must know something about this, or at least you're structured. I did have a lot of structure in my life because I, I thought in terms of process, process pro, in terms of process. Mm-hmm. So I put something together and I buddied people together and like, Hey, these are the questions I've been journaling for years. Maybe we can just share these questions. I've been doing this for three, three and a half years now at this point, it helps me. And how, what if we, on this call, we share our why, or we share our purpose every day. Let's see what happens. Every power team meeting we would meet before power team meeting and we meet together at a co-sea cafe or, um, next mm-hmm. to seafarers uh, and we would get together how, well, how are you doing we're making progress you know the next month we're like how are you doing how, how, how's it going as far as you know are you still on purpose was that event worthwhile yeah. we're making progress and eventually it took michael gerber in 2008 going to an event with him to have him see that i had had created something unique that involved accountability and he challenged me to brand it, which I did. Really? Yeah. Michael Gerber. Cool. Let me just stop you just for, for folks that aren't catching all the things you're coming in. I'm I'm sure I'm not catching all the things you're, you're, you're. Yeah. And and there, there, there's a whole lot there and there's a lot of meat. There's a lot of stories and 15,000 hours toward developing a lot of this. So of course. So those of you who don't know some of the references, he was talking about the reticular activating system, which is um, a part of your brain that if you say, as an example, um, buy a new car that you've never had before, suddenly you're going to see that car everywhere. Everybody's going to be driving the same car. It's like, hey, well, there's one. Hey, there's one. Because your part of your brain notices those things that you deem to be important, you know, deemed to be unique or, or, or whatever. So it's, it's a way of getting that part of your brain to be noticing the things that you want it to be noticing and lead you in a direction where you go, as they say, where um, your focus, how's it saying go or focus? Where, where focus goes, energy flows. That's okay. what Tony says. I think Napoleon Hill says where attention goes, energy flows. Where, where I say is where focus and intention goes, energy flows, because it is also about our intention, how we show up, our intentionality in things, energy right. flows. And and you also mentioned that when you um, would have this group of people that you would meet before the power team, the power team would have these meetings where they'd have speakers like I've like, like yourself. Um, yeah. A number of people would, would come in and sometimes they'd be Tony Robbins folks. Sometimes they'd be other folks entirely. Um, but you had these wonderful meetings that were essentially free. I mean, you asked for a donation, I think, to cover the cost of the room rental, but it's a great thing that you yes. can that you did and have been doing for years. Well, and back, to, back then I was a student. So I was attending with, and there's no meetup group. Every month with a hundred people sitting in a room, learning from yourself or other great speakers, authorities, mm-hmm. as you said, it was free and it was addictive. People would drive hours to go to this thing. Yeah. That's what oh, it was. Really ph- phenomenal. And, um, and you mentioned the seafarers. That was one of the locations where you would have these meetings. There's yes. a hotel in New York City. So, and Cozy, if you don't know, it's a, a chain, but it's, there's a lot of them in New York City. So people, yes. would, they'd meet there before the power team meetings. So I just wanted to 
let people yes. in. Not everybody is a New Yorker, Joseph. <laughs> That's true, right? <laughs> sometimes what I realized too, as in NLP training, is when you lose someone in one concept, they kind of throw everything else too as well. Also, the baby with the bath water, yeah. which I shouldn't let my son hear that because he's, he's still he's still kind of a baby. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Just an expression, honey. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Because as we record this, um, Joseph's two children are upstairs from him. And uh, one of them is three. My son's two and a half. He'll be three in December. He's going to be three in December. Yes. Okay, got it. Got it. Very cool. Neat. So, wow. So Michael Gerber wrote the book, The E-Myth. I've mentioned that a couple of times on this podcast in different episodes. The E-Myth stands for the entrepreneurial myth. That's what E stands for in the title. And what he talks about in that book is that um, it's a myth that if you start your own business that you are automatically an entrepreneur, he says, mostly you're an overworked technician that being an entrepreneur is about building systems. So I think it's pretty awesome that you went to a seminar of his and he saw what you've been doing with success circles and said, Oh my goodness, you've got something really unique here. You need to brand it. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty neat. That's exactly right. From the guy himself. Yes. So what happened after that? Took my time to brand it. I, I had the domain success circles. So back in the days, I worked in an organization called Speaking Circles. Also, thanks to Marco. Marco has been a huge in, influence for me. He mentioned Speaking Circles because I used to stutter way back. And Speaking Circles, speakingcircles.com, Lee Glickstein is, a, is the founder. It's a community of people. They meet together in a circle where, where there's a facilitator. And the facilitator invites each participant to deliver a talk for three, four minutes with loving, gliding eyes, connecting with each person. Mm. And that work impacted me because it helped me break out of my stutter. Mm. So Success Circles, the domain was available. I acquired it, fortunately, and it was a good decision back then. It just made sense. And I, after working with Michael Gerber, that event, I branded it Success Circles. It took me a little time to actually do much with it. I had it, I built a, a, a site, a basic site of it, it wasn't until 2009, and now the conversation gets a little sad with what I'm going to say next. Uh-oh. So the power team, the way it was with Ross and Carson, it kind of broke apart a bit. Carson had an event in upstate New York, which you might have been at, perhaps, called Power Mastery. No, I didn't. He, I know. he, he had Jarek Robbins. He had all these great speakers, uh, a buddy of mine, Larry Benet. He had just uh, exceptional leaders he brought to this event. It was at a YMCA. He had a 20, 30 person audience there. And I was attending this event with an ex-girlfriend of mine, well, a girlfriend of mine at the time. And we would go in and out of this event. I had the opportunity at this event to speak on stage talking about success circles. And because I was in and out of the event, it wasn't until the end of the event where I approached Carson, hey, you know, you're in success circles, you're on the buddy program. Would you mind if I get up on stage and get people, you know, talk about this thing we're doing with focus and maybe hand out these flyers that are printed out? It's late in the game. I was in and out of the event. I wasn't fully in integrity of this event. Mm-hmm. At that event, there was a young woman, Emily Selvage was her name. She was there with her mother, Sheila. Emily charismatic. We had several conversations at this event, top of the world. She was an EMT. She was in real estate with her mom. She 
jumped out of planes, like skydiving, into all these things, most charismatic, you know, vivacious person at this event. And um, the event ended. So three days goes by. And next thing I do, I'm logging to Facebook and she, Emily's mom is like, have, has anyone seen Emily? We haven't seen her anywhere. She's just, she hasn't been around for two days. And hours go by and they find her body. Oh no. So she, she locked herself up into a home and she took her life. Oh my God. It's very sad. Yeah. It's, it's very sad. And um, it affected me because it occurred to me that if I had given her this free trial or talked about what we're doing and she got the chance to buddy up with someone in the community, maybe my girlfriend at the time, maybe she would have seen possibility. Maybe she might've embraced her why, you know, maybe something would have shifted where focus goes, energy flows. I certainly was on a downward spiral at some point in my life years before that. It's no accident that that same month, June, 2009, at the next parity meeting, which Ross Lagamita led, where it was like a circle of us, as I talked about what I was doing, I had my first customer, paying customer at that event. Eric Goldstein was his name. We, we had a circle of people at this Paratim event. I remember very, very distinctly and told, shared what I was doing. More passionately, more fervor now because I was committed to now build, take this further, being that I, I, I couldn't help Emily. He signed up. Next month, his, his best friend, Paul Rosano, signed up. The next month, um, Sherrick Don, it started growing. Then Ellen Reach signed up. And then it just started taking a life of its own. It, but However, it took the pain mm-hmm. of losing someone for me to get out of my comfort zone to really embrace what it was. And then, so that's kind of the birth of success circles, even though we were around for about four years before that, three, four years before that. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's quite a story, Joseph. Thank you. For- it, it, it is very intense and uh, it is very sad. And I actually spoke to you, Emily's mom, a couple of years ago just to connect to see how things were. And I got more depth to what she was dealing with. And, you know, it's, it's people deal with crises, people deal with challenges, people deal with depression, clinical depression. The woman I was dating at that, who was in with me at that camp, who was it? She was also, she had clinical depression. People deal with things, you know, and we have no idea what they're, they're dealing with. And you're, of course, a master therapist. You, 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 you coach people at levels, deciphering what they're dealing with in a way that helps them like go beyond with all the technologies you're, 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 you have NLP, Havening and much more. And people need help and I can't help everyone. I can help. We, we track people these days who are more entrepreneurs who have traction, who um, want to get more traction with their business. So we tend to track more peak performance people these days. We're all athletes playing field of life. Mm-hmm. How do we ma- we're managing energy? Like the whole idea of the powerful engagement. We embrace a lot of those ideas about what we do. The pro- communities evolved. The programs evolved quite a bit over these past 10, 12 years since. And um, I love it. I love what I do. And through COVID, we've helped more people. We've kind of grown 50%. Um, that's where we're at. So do you do any like one-on-one coaching of your own? Are you a coach for certain people one-on-one? So I coach more around automation systems, process mastery. What, what so, when I, so when I met with Michael Gerber, mm-hmm. I approached him about another brand that I was working on called Process to Profit. 
And I was like, well, I have this engineering background from process mastery. I know how to automate things. I know how to create systems and so forth. And when I work with him, he's like, well, you're not, your why doesn't connect with this at all. So he challenged me to build success circles, but I had process of profit in my background. So a lot of my, my coaching these days has to do with helping people with outsourcing solutions, um, streamlining systems, could be around marketing, it could be around other things. It's something I'm good at. I'm, the reason why success circles exists is I'm a simplifier. I took a lot of these concepts around coaching, around game, game, playing games in a way that helps people make progress on a regular basis. I don't necessarily coach in the community. I do coach around time management, productivity, anything that I want to learn myself, I'll bring some mastery to it and I'll teach people in our community. And you can say, yes, I'm a coach around that. And I've coached, I've led sessions, with the power team around, you know, winning the game of life. I'll talk about that. I help people, I coach people around that. But it's not necessarily to the level of coaching that you do. I mean, what you do is very unique and extraordinary. What I do is more around peak performance, seeing life as being a game and helping people build structures that are in alignment of them winning that game. And if they choose to, they can participate in success circles too as well, where they get a buddy and so forth. A lot of our listeners, I'm assuming, although I actually don't know who those people can listen to this anytime they want to. So, but I, 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 my avatar in my head is that people who listen to this recordings, um, these, this podcast are people who are coaches or who um, are striving to be coaches or or, are making the transition into coaching as a profession. Um, The reason it's called essential coaching skills podcast is because for those listeners, I would like to provide some coaching, some information, some ideas about what it would take to be a great coach, to be a successful coach. So um, I'm just curious if from your point of view, what, what goes into coaching? What sets the best apart? What, what is the, you know, what makes a really great coach? What is an essential coaching skill? The most important skill is how we listen to people, listening to people for their greatness, what's behind what they're saying. And that's important. And then as we listening for their greatness, listening for the greatness, basically getting subjugating our egos. So we're able to listen to, what there is that they're committed to listening for their why. So in a buddy call, for example, or in a conversation, I'll ask people, what's your why? What's your driver? What drives you? Why are you out to succeed? So I listen to them for that in the background. Like I listen to that. That's what I hear as they, as I support them, or perhaps on a peer coaching buddy call, I will listen to my buddy for all the things that she's committed to, right? Their why. So for my, for me, my why is family, generational health, wealth, leadership, giving my wife 2022 off so we can potentially have another child. That's my, I, I share that why each day. So the people who engage me, my peer coaches, they will have it in, in their background so they can hold me to account on that because we have an accountability system. Success circles is an accountability system. We don't use the word accountability that often. We talk about momentum, 1% progress per day. So the first thing that's important is how we listen to people. That's, that's, that's key. So basically a subject in our egos, letting go of our egos so we can listen to people getting ourselves out of the way because this is an accountability relationship. And the more I can hold my buddy or you accountable, the more likely they will hold me to account as well. Okay, cool. And we have a whole different framework around accountability versus how people perceive accountability. It's very, very different. I could talk about that. So the most important thing is how we listen and then there's a repository of questions that we offer people that change each day. Those questions 
are meaningful and the questions are, are specific to how we listen to that person. Could you give us an example of that? Yeah. So, I mean, one question would be, so what's important to me is a question that I like being asked quite a bit, particularly because I can do anything and everything as a process engineer is how are you focusing on your zone of genius while leveraging the rest or, 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 or how are you focusing on your I, zone of genius? How are you focusing on the things you're good at okay. while you're um, creating team, helping, having people help you? That's something that's important to me. When people ask me that question, it gets me out of having to do everything and it invites me to hire people, build team out and so forth. And um, that's very important to me. Another question is um, what are you not seeing in the situation? Hmm. I feel we're all, we're all blind in some way, some form. When we ask that question, we have to go deep inside and like, well, what am I not seeing? Well, you're right. I'm not seeing a lot. You know, another question I like being asked is what are you tolerating? Mm, yeah. Especially, especially in the, during spring season, it's so important to release to simplify. There, it's opportunities for spring clean. So, I love being asked that question. Sometimes you go back and forth. Well, what are you tolerating? What are you tolerating? It's useful because it shifts our focus toward looking at the things that we're getting numb to in life, yes. to getting unnumbed from those things, and then eventually having a structure toward dealing with those things. I had a call two hours ago. My friend Rochelle was on that call. We do a group huddle each day. And she shared that she spent you know, a couple hours releasing things that morning. And that call, I took my camera, my, my camera, my computer, the same camera. I basically turned it over. I'm like, you know, you inspired me. I'm going to invest the next 15 minutes. I'm going to clear up this whole area behind me. And I'm going to send you photos before and after. And I did. Cool. So, but it comes out of that whole question. What are you going to release? What are you tolerating? So, no, these questions shift each day. People, there's also repository questions people can choose from based on their rapport with their buddy. It all comes down to rapport. If there's no rapport, then they really can't go that deep. It's basically 20 to 30 minute huddle each day. And the intention is making today 1% better than yesterday. Over time, as we do that, make tomorrow's game better than today's game, the next day's game better than tomorrow's game. We've tapped into what, what we all know is compound growth. Nice. That's beautiful. So it sounds like you've really um, systematized some of these concepts like Tony Robbins's canai of the constant and never ending improvement. Yes. You know, but you've sort of like, well, let's make a system out of that. That's, that's how do we bring this into reality? So not just, a, not just a concept, not just a saying, but how do you do this on a daily basis? So a daily yes. touching with somebody where you ask what they're doing and you have that accountability and you look for 1% improvement. I think that's great. And, and it's feedback. And as you mentioned, yeah. it's all can I, can I is going to Kaizen, the Kaizen approach you know, right. that brought to Japan around systems processing, making 1% progress, 1% improvement. I even months ago, I set up a, I have a, a survey called can I improve.com oh, nice. where if I lead a session on clubhouse or lead a session on any platform, I can get anonymous feedback right away. Like someone can leave me 30 seconds feedback, or even on this session here, you and I have, someone can leave me anonymous feedback. It might take them 20 seconds to give me some input, but that input's useful. If I hear multiple people giving me that same input, saying the same thing, it's probably worthwhile to optimize, to resolve things mm -hmm. such that the next time I do this, I can be one person better or a little more. So it's all, it's all feedback that we're getting. And 
I'm learning, you know, there's a lot of, we can either live deja vu lives, the nature of insanity, doing the same things over and over again, expecting different results, or we can optimize, innovate and be better. And I just choose that option because we're all getting older. Our muscles are atrophying and it's important that we find some way to deal with an atrophy. And of course, the most important muscle I believe is the two muscles I believe are important, our mind and our heart. <laughs> Something else I haven't shared before also I, I started sharing recently is um, my mom had a heart transplant 25 years ago, oh, ni- really? ni- 1996. I was uh, a senior in college, graduated from college. As she had her heart transplant, wow. her physicians diagnosed her with the same condition she had. It's called idiopathic cardiomyopathy. Right. So my so they gave me, I know I'm adding other levels to this conversation too as well, but this is related to the nature of can I, because it explained a number of things I was dealing with throughout high school. Because when I was in high school, I had these fainting spells. I was in a track team. I had to quit the track team because I was having these fainting spells. I would just faint behind. I would, just, I, just, I would almost fall down. I'd have to sit down. If I didn't, then I would collapse. Wow. And, and I trained myself to become an athlete through high school because I found the more athletic I could be, these symptoms, the swelling in my feet, all these things would go away huh. such that when I come to get to college, I didn't have as many symptoms as all. I was able to be in a fencing team, but it provided clarity in something and also gave me a vision that her cardiologist, her transplant cardiologist, who I work with for the next seven, eight years, he gave me some optics. Then 40 years, if I don't deal with this, my health, my situation, what I would do, some of my habits, I might have a transplant myself. Hmm. So knowing that my dad had just had a stroke too. He passed away of a stroke in 2004, hmm. knowing these factors, knowing heart disease in my family, committing myself to not have that. I embrace the compound effect or can I, as we talk about it, making 1% progress each day. And I got very healthy, like beyond healthy, like green tea, just taking CoQ10, fish oil, exercise, um, emotional clearing work, you name it. I no longer have this condition. So when we last saw my cardiologist, Dr. Gass, Dr. Alan Gass, Westchester, Mm -hmm. 2013 with my wife, who's a physician, um, you've done, you've done the impossible. You no longer have this condition. Like we don't know how you did this. We saw his, his, we saw his colleague two years ago, Stephen Schwartz, Dr. Schwartz in Astoria. Yeah. No longer have it completely eradicated it. Wow. Compound growth. So 1% progress each day can shift anything and everything, our minds, our bodies, anything. We all know this, but do we have a, do we have a framework toward testing these things out on a daily basis? So my life has been experiment. I used to stutter 20 years ago. I don't stutter anymore. I'm constantly innovating my headset here. I have headphones that go into my ears. So if I do stutter, I can catch myself because I can hear myself amplified. Hmm. That came from feedback from Jonathan Alfield, one of his workshops I attended 10 years ago. He gave me that idea of listening to myself amplified. So it's all getting feedback, constant feedback, innovating, optimizing. So my life is an experiment, you know, and, and my life is a laboratory. And I invite people to embrace that idea for themselves too, because we don't then all things atrophy. You know, we get older, we get dumber, we get all these things happen, you know, we get weaker, or we can go through life being more fulfilled, being stronger and better. Yes, indeed. It's curious. You know, my, my dad also died of a heart attack when I was uh, 21. Wow. 
and like you, I decided, well, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you know, so much of much of my life has actually been is like doing the opposite of what dad, you know, did as an example. Yeah. Um, and I took up running and, and, and uh, soon after college graduated, actually during college, I guess, but um, took it up more seriously after dad died and I ended up running like 18 marathons over the wow. years and stuff. Wow. So, yeah. And I don't, I don't have a cardiologist to tell me if I've overcome anything particularly, but I like you also take, you know, CoQ10 and fish oils and I'm yes. very, very careful about diet and exercise and sleep and all those things that take very, very good care of myself. Um, and yeah, it's true there. We do get older. We do atrophy. I mean, those things are realities. I have come to embrace that the, um, one of the like really genius prayers in the world is the, uh, the serenity prayer. I, you know, I that, have, I have it in front of me. Devin Redford, oh, there you go. <laughs> God grant me serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Yeah, it actually came from a book in the Strand Bookstore that I purchased. And I have it in oh, front of me all the time. Oh, okay, okay, good. Glad you, I'm glad you've gotten over <laughs> your stealing ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I stopped. For me, it's all integrity. There's a definition of integrity that shifted my life years ago. That came from doing the forum. And that definition is, is honoring our words as if our words have deep meaning. Mm. But they added a second component to that, which changed my life. That component is living into an empowering context. Living into? An empowering context. An empowering context. And what I interpret that to mean, I have it on my wall over here too as well, that, 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 that sign. What, what I interpret that to mean for me is if I don't wake up and do the work to be empowered, I'm out of integrity. So success circles has been a means towards supporting myself and hundreds of other people toward being an in integrity to honor yeah. the words we say with deep meaning and also to get in dialogue, to get out of monologue, to get in dialogue in a way where we get to set our intentions, set our why, share our gratitude, get feedback so that we can choose to become empowered. Beautiful. That's something I want to share. Yeah, it's nice. Thank you so much. Hey, um, Second question I often ask people on these podcasts is what would be an essential skill do you think for a person to be successful business-wise as a coach? Because they're sometimes two different things, you know, to be a good coach is one thing, but to make money at doing it, to have a, you know, a viable business income from being a coach is another thing entirely. So um, do you have any advice? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of advice. And this is actually coming through some training I've, involved with the past year and it's attracting clients who can afford that service. That's a big thing. And I wasn't always doing that. Sometimes I was attracting people who were trying to make it, let's say, versus people who could afford my services. So the people I track now these days tend to be people who can afford it. And that's, that's probably one thing I'm reaching out to associations. How do you do that? We're reaching out to associations, creating partnerships, associations, um, providing them access to see that our buddy program is a, can help minimize attrition, maintain retention. So it's basically embracing leverage at a high level, engaging people who are resourceful and abundant already, where they see our services being a viable solution to their organizations and their structure. That's what I've been doing. So it's basically having high leverage conversations with people, presenting to them our business model as an opportunity for them to increase their membership and grow their membership. And I feel if we do that, if we're willing to have those high leverage conversations, 
we can get anywhere we want. People are, people often, where I was stuck with for years is I was having these one-on-one conversations and like, oh, well, do you know someone? Or I'd, I'd ask for referrals. And I got referrals from my, my clients, from people in success circles, or their family, their friends. It was good, but we only grew, grew to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Now we're kind of compounding specifically because we're reaching out to associations and there are thousands of associations out there. There's a website called Frank actually told me about a website a few weeks ago called the directory of associations.com. It's got associations. I called the mankind project like three weeks ago and I spoke to a leader there and it's connecting with someone else. And we're in a conversation to bring success circles into that organization, but it's took a conversation, took two conversations. So it's just having high leverage conversations, engaging people and providing them a resource that'll support their members. That's probably one of the greatest things we can do, easiest things we can do. And how would an individual do that for themselves? If if a person was like, say, starting off just as a coach on their own, just them, not a, not an organization, but just them, how would they have a high level conversation? I, I think group coaching, providing services where they help people building case studies and then from there having a brand and then creating a presentation, going to an organization and having a presentation on something I just mentioned. For example, I'm rebranding process of profit as a means to help organizations with, with retention. And it's just, it's basically having, creating a seminar or a, uh, or a talk where you can go to these organizations where now as you share value, so in your case, NLP, Havening, talking about perhaps, you know, uh, depression and things employees deal with, giving them access to something of that sort. And then, by the way, we have this as a service, we do this as a group. It's providing value first, essentially. And so okay. what we do. So so your advice just to sum it would be to have a presentation or talk, something that you can basically yes. give away that is of value. Yes. Um, and then it puts you in front of these people that you can also say, and by the way, we have this as a service if you yes. want to further with us. Just like as we've done with, with the power team before, you've spoken to the power team sure. on all these topics. And um, hopefully some of that let, shift, helped help toward bring a new clientele on board as well. So, so it's, let it's, me ask you a question. So um, power teams, will they be continuing? Live? They are continuing. We are on Clubhouse. We actually own the brand power team on Clubhouse, the club power team at Clubhouse. So we're engaging all the power teams around the country to actually funnel, float through our Clubhouse brand. We're doing it virtually. We are also in conversation by doing it in person. As you mentioned before, as being the systems guy, <laughs> um, I, I've been a huge catalyst for the power team because Frank's been fairly occupied so we are in conversations in terms of how we could maximize the power team and how we can leverage the power team on Clubhouse and other platforms. We are in conversation about that. Neat. Yes. Well, listen, I want to be respectful of your time and thank you so much for being here. It's such a pleasure to, to connect with you again. Thank it's you. Been- well, thank you for, for being a, a huge catalyst in my journey here. What I'm aware of is if I, if I hadn't attended your side of mouth workshop close to 20 years ago, 19 years ago, I might not be on this pathway where I am now. It's just, it's just, and I invite audience coaches, whoever's listening to this, that coaching is amazing, right? The ability to connect with people, add value, give them insights to what's in their way is extraordinary. Right. And uh, um, so you've been a coach for me over the years in our conversations and that first workshop and with the power team. So I really appreciate who you are and how you show up in the world. And uh, I, I encourage others to really, 
embrace the essential essential coaching essentials for themselves too as well. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's uh, right back at you, my friend. It's a it's a real joy to see you and what you've become and what you do with the, with the world and what for, offer to the planet. It's just a beautiful thing. So thank you, Joseph Argeson. We'll see you online and yes. in the future uh, in person as well. Awesome. Remember, life's a game. Remember, you win, I win. Let's all win together. This When we see life as being a game and, and play as access to winning that game, it makes all of this enjoyable, including being through COVID. COVID's been miraculous for us. It's been amazing, only because we see it as being a game. And fun and play are access to making this game even more enjoyable. So let's make this game better. Amen. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart. <laughs>